You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. Well, welcome into the podcast. My name is Courtney. I'm Alex. I'm Sam. And I'm Taylor. And we are excited that you are joining in on us while we talk about dating and relationships. We thought it was fitting the week of Valentine's Day where this is a lot of conversation and excitement, expectation. And so we just wanted to talk about what does this look like in a Christ-centered setting and what does the Bible say about dating? And so before we get too much into that, we're going to jump into a fun game. That's right. And speaking of Valentine's Day, I don't know about you, but my favorite part as a lower school guy is the candy. But we have a special kind of candy that we are going to be using for our game today. Mm -hmm. Mm. For our enjoyment, really the listener's enjoyment and our misery, this is a game called Bean Boozled. Doesn't feel like a game, though. It's fun for some people. So how this game works (laughs) is I have here a little spinner wheel with different options on it of jelly bean flavors. So it will sound like this. And determine our fate. And lands on a different type of jelly bean. Now the catch is we have in the middle of our table here, a tin of jelly beans. Let's say it lands on this yellow one. It could either be buttered popcorn or rotten egg. Mm. Neither of those are good. Those are two bad options. That's actually a fair point. How this is going to work is we are going to go around the circle and each take a turn spinning to determine our fate. So who will be the first victim? Alex. Alex (laughs) has been (laughs) volunteered to go first. So do I hear something? Let's see what he gets. Da 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 da. Strawberry banana smoothie or (laughs) dead fish. Okay, so Alex, you need to, in the tin, dig out one of these orange and red spotted ones. Both those were my nickname in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Strawberry banana smoothie? Choose a red one? Yo, SBS. It looks like this. There's a little picture of it. So it's orange. It looks kind of like dead fish or like a strawberry smoothie. He's chewing. Mm -hmm. Strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish. Which one is it? It tastes like... Like if maple syrup was poured out of an old lady's shoe, is that a bean? Is that a bean flavor? <laughs> <laughs> it's maple syrup full poured out of an what? elderly lady's shoe. Why? Never mind. <laughs> All right, next. Courtney's All right. up. No, no. No, we'll do Courtney last. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. But right. for volunteering, we'll do Taylor now. All right, I'm up. All right, give me the can. Okay. Okay, Taylor, congratulations. You got either chocolate pudding or canned dog food. Oh, both of those The worst bad. part of this is that the bean is now stuck in my teeth. Right. <laughs> is, is this one obviously? Uh, Yeah, it's the one that's fully oh, brown. No. Gosh. Okay. Did you get dog food? That's dog food. Oh, That's dog food. Yeah. <gasps> that's gross. Yummy. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be Bodie able. would love this one. <laughs> Bodie's my dog. I will go myself. Enough picking on you guys. It's my turn. You tell me, what did it land on? You got peach. Oh no. Oh, no. Or barf. No, this is legit the <laughs> only one I can't do. Oh no. I hope it's barf. <laughs> is that it, face. Is it? I don't know what to do. Is it barf? Do I keep chewing? You swallow it like as much as you can. Oh, it's sticking to my teeth so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. That's what happened to me. Don't throw up. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my spit gosh, it out. There's a box. Spit a it box. out in the box. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a youth pastor. If you throw I can up, do then this. I'll throw up, so God, please don't. God equipped me for this ministry, and I can do He's it. He's like shaking. Uh, I can do it. No big deal. <laughs> I hate this game. All right, let me spin for Courtney to get my mind. Listeners, off. you can't see this, but Sam's glasses fogged up in the midst of that. It's so accurate. Courtney, let's go. Juicy pear or booger? Did you Hooray! Have the- Suck. <gasps> it's juicy pear. Man. Yay. I mean, yay. <laughs> okay. Wait, who wins? Who the du- listeners? Oh yeah. Mm, well, that was fun. not me. That's for sure. Speaking of sweet things like these candies here, <laughs> we are going to be talking about dating and relationships today and so before we jump in we do want to give kind of a disclaimer so if you've been listening to the slt podcast up to this point you know that um this is a resource that's designed to encourage and equip our families at liberty christian school to live a more christ-centered life and families includes both parents and students but for this particular topic of dating this is so relevant and applicable to our current students Um, especially in upper school, that we're kind of going to be gearing this towards um, the student perspective. However, we hope that you as parents that are listening, um, that this will add to your perspective and help you engage this conversation, whether you're a student or you're a parent. And we just couldn't encourage you more to step into this conversation with your kids because while we are having these conversations with them, it's just crucial for mom and dad to also be helping guide and shape them as they walk through these areas and navigate through difficult situations of what do I do when the world is dating in this way and the church and the Bible and my school is saying that there's a different way to be dating. And so we really encourage parents to partner with us in these things because that's our desire is to be partnering with you as you have these conversations and we're constantly pointing kids back to mom and dad so that they're coming to you with questions right i think it's fair to say that there's not many topics that there's such a clear dichotomy that there's such a clear black and white difference between what does the world say about this and what does the bible and christian culture have to say about this as dating and relationships and so we're going to be doing this kind of question at a time so first off what does the world say about dating? Well, I think it's safe to say that the world thinks dating is really, really important. I mean, you look at most of our TV shows or books or movies or songs and all those things, and most of those are focused around love or relationships or dating in some capacity. And so the world says it's really, really, really important. Um, and almost to the extent of if you're not dating, then maybe there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the world says it's very feelings driven. And Mm. so it's all about, am I attracted to this person? How do they make me feel? The second that I'm not feeling this way, then you're going to dump them or move on to someone else. And we see that a lot, that it's all about feelings and momentary Mm. decisions. Mm -hmm. Sam, are you going to throw up? I'm good. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> he keeps like <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm just regaining my composure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You're starting to look like the little freckly one. Yeah, like the pale freckly. and freckly. I'm, look, I'm bean. starting to look like the jelly, jelly bean, bean that I mm-hmm. ate. It's like a Willy Wonka situation. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're turning into it. <laughs> turning into the bean. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> okay. Um, and I think also the world says that 
you kind of get a free pass before marriage. And so you can do whatever you want, test out the waters. Mm -hmm. Dating, the purpose of it is to kind of figure out who it is that you want to marry. And so it's all okay to just have fun. And one day Mm -hmm. you'll kind of get your act together when really what you're doing in dating is creating habits and practices that you'll carry on into marriage. So that's a very unsafe way of thinking. So in contrast, what would y'all say that the Bible says about dating? Nothing. Yay. Actually. Uh, so the word dating is not in our Bible. There's not a Greek um, word for dating. And so not even in the message. <laughs> um, but no, there's no word um, in our Bible about dating. And so dating is a unique construct that was made after the Bible was written. And so we really don't see the word dating and all those things until the Renaissance era, uh, until the romantic period started happening. And during the Bible time, you really didn't seek out people based upon love and affection and compatibility and all that stuff. And so normally it was to, you're kind of chosen for other people by your parents or by your society or all these different things. And so dating is a relatively new term. And so if you try to find that in your Bible, good luck. You're not going to find it. But does the Bible have anything to say about dating, but not using the word dating? Yes. Oh, okay. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Bible in the in scripture, we see that Christ has given us everything we need to live a life um, of godliness. And so that includes dating and throughout this podcast and the next one we're going to do, you're going to hear that sprinkled throughout everything we're talking about is what does scripture say to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel and the calling that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So it's true that the Bible doesn't have anything specifically about dating, but it does have a lot of verses about purity and holiness and how to live a lifestyle that particularly in the context of relationships. In fact, just the New Testament alone has the word hagnia or hagios, which means purity or holiness over 240 times. So that is a very common theme and a common message throughout the New Testament for a reason, because whether you're married or not, purity is a priority and that's pretty clearly evident. So how do you engage in different kinds of relationships with that in mind? The Bible also does talk a lot about just our relationships in general to other humans. And the gospel f- focuses on that really heavily. And dating is no different. It is a relationship with another human. And the overall slant of the gospels is that relationships are the way of the world is to make them individualistic. Um, meaning, what can I get out of them? How does this benefit me? Uh, how does this make me feel? And the gospel totally reverses that and um, asks you to ask yourself, how can I serve this person? So since the Bible doesn't talk about dating, what are some of the relationships that it does discuss directly? Yeah, I think whenever we look at scripture, especially when it comes across like relationship between guys and girls and what that looks like, normally it's it's only in context of marriage where it talks about husbands and wives mm-hmm. or for believers, it talks about brothers and sisters um, and how we engage and how we relate to one another in those ways. And so those are really kind of the big key elements there. And I think one thing that we need to be careful of is taking verses in the Bible that do talk about husband and wife relationships and Mm -hmm. the dynamics and kind of how that looks and apply that to dating. Absolutely. Um, Because those roles do not cross. So if you are in a dating relationship and you see how it says for husbands to treat their wives, you are not a husband. And so you do not have the role or um, authority or those different things to have in those relationships. And so we need to be really careful when reading about these verses and applying those to dating when they're not supposed to be. 
And I remember in high school, sometimes girls would use the verse that says, what God has brought together may no man separate for their dating relationships. No. And I wish y'all could see the amount of eye rolls I just saw at this table. But, <laughs> that, uh. but truly, I'm not joking. That was something that girls would say. And that is very clearly talking about marriage. Wow. So that's just a small, there are many examples that we could give. So one Bible verse that does kind of come close to our cultural category of what we think of when we think of dating is 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, a little passage where it talks about specifically the verse you may have heard before being unequally yoked. And so Paul is challenging believers to not be unequally yoked in any relationship and goes on to elaborate and says that refers to your faith. What do you guys think that looks like in the dating context? So you're telling me that verse is not about eggs. Correct. That was a mistake on the seventh grade retreat. Some of the <laughs> girls thought we were Do singing you know about how many yolk. girls I dumped egg yolk. That was actually that because was a different verse preference. with the word yolk. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what is the yolk? His yolk is easy. They were very. Yes. They said that the screen looked like egg yolks. Yeah, because the yellow <laughs> lights. They're like, so uh, what is what is the egg thing? I'm just yoking with the you egg guys. song. <laughs> Yeah, so this verse is talking to a farming culture, and they would use oxen uh, to pull things, whether it be wagons, plows, or different things like that to work the field, to get things around. And so they'd hook up these oxen together, which means that they would be yoked together uh, to both pull or push this plow uh, to make it work until the land. And so if you were to have two different oxen that were unequally yoked, like one of them was carrying much more of the burden or they were not strong enough uh, to aid or do whatever this is, or they're going towards different areas, okay, nothing would get accomplished. It, it would go actually counterproductive to what the farmer was intending. How this is applicable to relationships is that if you are joined together in relationship, whether that's through friendship um, or marriage, or in this instance, we're talking about dating, if you align yourself with and attach yourself to this person that you're dedicating your life to them, uh, your purposes are going to become intertwined of what you think is important, of what you value, of what you want to pursue together. If you have someone and their intention is to pursue the Lord, love the Lord, seek after the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, that's their purpose. That's where they find their identity. And you're being attached to someone who has vastly different interests, vastly different things that ground their life. If they're not a believer, then they are going to be chasing something very different. And mm -hmm. so imagine if you're trying to get uh, to a certain point and the sole desire of that other person who is attached to you is trying to reach another point in the opposite direction. No matter how hard you're trying to get to your location, it's going to be very difficult because you have an active agent pulling you away from the intended object. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's really mm -hmm. good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then I don't think uh, Taylor's pointing to the fact that I don't think you're saying that we should marry perfect people. The, the gospel saying is you want to find people that are obviously being, are in the process of being transformed by Christ. Yeah. And there's fruits of that. But that's true. Like that's what I said earlier. It's true of any human being relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is, that's not just in dating. Like even when you're with your friends, like you're not going to have perfect friends. Like you want friendships and to be the type of friend that is encouraging and exhorting people into their growth and into their development and recognizing the fruit of the spirit inside of their life as they're stumbling forward uh, into the grace of God. Right. Like that's what yeah. it means to be a human to another person. Right. So it means more about you have the same destination. You have a common priority. Like your top priority is yeah. to be conformed in the image of Christ, knowing that certainly none of us are perfect. We are going to stumble through that. But, um, it's just making sure we're headed the same direction. 
because yeah. otherwise that plow is not going to go anywhere or it's going to curve off in some weird direction and really mess things up. And exactly what Alex was just saying about it, this re- relates to all of our relationships, but specifically when it's going to be a dating relationship, it's going to look a little bit different. Whereas we want to have friends who are not following the Lord so we can be pointing them to Christ and we don't want to shut shy away from those people but with dating it looks different and that's why we're saying that we wouldn't encourage you to be unequally yoked because of the point of dating and so now we're going to kind of transition into what is the point of dating what is it leading to Uh, I think that's a great question of what is the point of dating. And I think that really everyone needs to ask themselves that question before entering into it of like, why would I even do this? And so am I wanting to date someone because that other sixth grade boy, you know, is dating somebody or that 11th grade girl is dating somebody? Like, why are you wanting to date someone? What is the desire that you have to date? That is a great question to have. And I think a lot of things could be avoided and also wisdom could be gained if you just ask yourself that question of why do I want to do this? Going along with that question is what is a Christ-centered relationship and how do I have one? So we have to be careful when we're encouraging students to have a Christ-centered relationship to let them know specifically what that means. Otherwise, it's such a vague, big idea. Avoiding terms like that, even in the Christian context, because like I work in ministry and those words and these phrases, I st- I'm very aware of how um, exclusive they can sound because you don't understand what they mean and how do you walk those out practically. One specific example of that is in Christian dating, we ha- use a lot the phrase intentionally pursuing. So you would say if you're a guy and you um, want to date a girl and you want to do it in a God honoring way, you'd say, well, I'm thinking about intentionally pursuing her. And without knowing what that means, it sounds so weird, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So to unpack something like that, really what it means when you say intentionally pursuing um, is you're taking the biblical word of like pursuing someone um, because you have an intention beyond just fun. It's really what that's saying is, no, I'm not just dating this person because it, it feels good or it's fun to me. You're saying there's, there's some way I can get closer to God when I spend time with this person. Like this person reminds me of Jesus in a specific way that I don't get in my own personal walk with the Lord. And so you're deciding, I want to continue walking with this person and get to know them better and see if it one day could lead to something more. And Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God. And I think that is so crucial. And what we were just talking about with being with someone who is equally yoked is the very first baseline is, is this someone who is seeking first the kingdom of God? And that is their ultimate goal. And through this, this is going to be something that drives both of us toward holiness and glorifying the Lord and walking in sanctification. Mm. Or is this going to distract us from seeking first the kingdom of God? And I think that's what even Taylor was saying is you have to know why you're wanting to go into dating and what your purposes are. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Christian terms, something that I heard a lot of youth pastors say, and I got to admit, I'm guilty of saying to students as well when they're dating and counseling them through that is If you think about it, dating relationships only end in two ways, either breakup or marriage. Mm -hmm. And that can be a really, really, really frustrating thing when you're a student in your relationship, because not only is that kind of a buzzkill on the whole thing, it's like, gee, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, And ultimately, I mean, the process of dating is, it's awkward, I think, for Christians a lot of times. I think the tension, the unspoken tension comes from the fact that you're evaluating and that feels judgmental. So how do you evaluate 
from a grace perspective, right? We have the cross. We've Jesus died for us. So how do I evaluate another person, right? Air quotes, good enough for me. How do I do that? It sounds selfish to, to say. So what are the markers we're looking for? And so one of the important things I think to keep a focus of is that ultimately dating becomes a marriage-seeking experience. It becomes the experience of finding someone that, that God wants you to be partnered with for the purposes of his kingdom and your own uh, glorification, your own sanctification. And so um, with that in mind, like one of the things that you definitely want to keep your eyes open for is someone who repents quickly and repents well. Um, like they see their faults. They see their sin. Um, that is definitely something that you constantly want to be seeing. So that's uh, that to me is a really good baseline because you're not looking for a perfect person. You are looking for someone who obviously has a relationship with Christ because only someone with a relationship with Christ could be repenting in that way, could be truly contrite of their own sin and uh, wanting to deal with it with, through the cross of, of Jesus Christ. But And I know that sounds intense, but that's because marriage is intense. Uh, and ultimately, the, the goal is, is marriage, this beautiful union that God has given us, right? Mm, yeah. So with that in mind of, you know, dating with the context of potentially ending up marrying this person, that kind of asks the question, is there such thing as a soulmate? Is there somebody out there that God has destined for you that will complete you? And I think this is a really good question and could be very difficult for some of our students that are listening to this to process through because I remember when I was in high school was the first time that this was really unpacked for me. And I realized that there really is no such thing as a soulmate or the one with a capital O that your whole life is just revolving around to this, the meet cute where you meet each other, you know, in the (laughs) rom-com language, but you meet each other and just everything aligns and you automatically love each other. And that's when life starts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things that really culture is saying is what happens. That's what we see in romantic movies and TV shows and songs like we were talking about earlier. And this was a really hard thing for me to hear because I had been spending years of middle school and high school hearing from other people who had good intentions, but hearing them say like, there is someone else that will complete you or there is someone else that will complement you perfectly and missing puzzle piece or anything like that. It wasn't until I was a senior in high school that I had a teacher who really challenged me and helped me realize that no, God could use a marriage to anyone if you are both, if you both love the Lord to further his kingdom, to walk in sanctification, to p- push each other in holiness as you prepare for the day where we will be before Jesus Christ. And that was actually a really freeing concept. And it helped me understand that what marriage is, is the commitment of love that we see in covenant marriages and that it's a choice. And so it's daily choosing. No, you aren't perfect. You won't complete me. You can't complete me. Only God can do that. And so I choose instead to love you every single day. For those who are listening to the podcast, whether you're a student or whether you're a parent and you're currently married, like I, all of us have pangs of longing. Mm-hmm. Um, even even those of us who are married, there there are moments where you feel like something is missing. And so for you who are a student, 
that maybe you feel lonely, like you feel lacking, you feel like something is missing and you look out and see what everyone else is doing. And it seems like the world is feeding you the answer of, Hey, the answer for completion is this other person. Or maybe this completion for this other person is you for you to love yourself and to be fully grown into mm. that. Mm. Um, whatever that is, like I want, I want to impress upon you that the answer that we're longing for is that relationship with the Lord. Um, that is the relationship that we are seeking. The one capital O that we are missing mm-hmm. is our relationship with God. If we were to try to find this in someone else, then we're going to come up empty. And so a simple question to ask yourself is, if you have this expectation that there is someone out there who is going to complete you in every way, did that mean that someone else has that expectation of you, that you will be a person who is going to f- completely fulfill them Well, if I take a stock of my own life, I can't even do that for me, Mm -hmm. let alone for another person. And so that is just an unrealistic expectation that we have. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that just points out how silly that is, Mm -hmm. um, that I can't even complete myself. How am I supposed to fulfill somebody else? Yeah. So you're telling me Nicholas Sparks has lied to me my entire life. Yeah. Yes. So trust me. I know how this sounds, and I can feel some of you rolling your eyes through the podcast when we say this, but there is only one person who can complete you, and that person is Jesus Christ, because we are in need of a Savior. And when you have a relationship with the Lord, then you can start examining your relationship with other people and and ask yourself, like, the best measuring stick that you can use to is this relationship helpful for me or is it helping me be a better person? Is is it helping you get closer to Jesus? Is it helping you look more like him? Is this person sharpening you? And so if the answer to that is yes, then that's a relationship um, worth keeping and continuing to invest in and thank God for. So in conclusion, we really just wanted to breach the subject of what is dating? What is the point of dating? And what does the world say? And what does the the Bible say about this? And how do we go about doing this well? Because our heart for our students and for our families is we want to both seek the Lord together and we want for good for our students. We really just wanted to set the table uh, for our next episode, which we're really excited to talk about. Uh, then how do I date well if I, if I go into these relationships and what am I supposed to do? That's a great question. Fantastic and, yeah, question. That's a really good question. And so we're actually going to be talking about that on our next <laughs> podcast. And so stay tuned for that. And we hope you guys have a great day. Join us next week. Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife@mylcs.com. God <laughs> equipped me for this ministry. And I can do it. He's like shaking. Uh, I can do it. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this game.